And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. My apologies for being late starting the show. We had a uh, we had a dog cross the uh, security cameras here at the compound, and so we had to reunite her with it, her owner really quick. junior office dog and senior office dog did not help with that situation <sighs> welcome everybody we are live from the bunker my name is jason hunt i am the editor here at sci-fi for me uh yes a perimeter fence breach and uh I want to give a shout out to uh, folks who are listening to us as a podcast. Uh, we're on various different podcast platforms. You can join us over there. Um, we've got listeners here in the Philippines, Poland, Germany, the UK, Ireland, France, Spain. And um, hey, Spain. Hey, Spain. What are you thinking? This is not the B.com. Spain decriminalizes sexual relations with animals as long as there's no physical injury that requires a veterinary visit. I wish I was kidding. This is an actual headline. They've actually rewritten the law. What is this? I... I, I I have no idea, folks. I just... I'm just beside myself. That just does not make a lick of sense, except it kind of does. And it, and it, and it dovetails into things what we're talking about today. Here's another headline. You talk about changing things, right? They've just changed the wording of a law, changed a little bit. Where here's a singer, Jelly Black, making a one-word change to the Canadian National Anthem at the NBA All-Star Game. I don't know why they'd be singing the, the Canadian National Anthem at the All-Star Game for the National Basketball Association of the United States, but she made one little change because where it says our home and native land, she changed it to our home on native land. These are subtle changes. These are little things. Of course, she's hailed as a hero, praised for it. Subtle changes. This is the kind of thing. This is the little stuff. This is the little stuff. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. These subtle little changes. And then the subtle little changes. We've always been at war with East Asia. These subtle little changes become bigger changes. And then they become bigger changes. And then more and then more, and then more. And then suddenly you look around and you don't recognize where you are anymore. There's a book that talks about this as, as, as it relates to 
the National Socialist Movement in Germany. And Jordan Peterson relates it pretty well to, uh, to Joe Rogan. I'm going to push you just a little bit until you push back, and then I'll stop. And then you get used to where you are, and I'll push a little further until you push back, and then I'll stop. And then I'll push a little further until you push back, and then I'll stop. And suddenly you find yourself so far down from where you started, and you look around and you wonder how you got here. It's this incrementalism. It's this little, subtle, itty-bitty changes to things. And then they think they can get away with bigger things. And that's where we find ourselves today, folks. <coughs> oh, Yule Carter says they always do it for the All-Star Games because there's a Canadian team. Okay. Oh, oh, uh, okay. Toronto, I guess. All right. All right. See, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I don't pay attention to sports ball. But this is this is where we are, folks. This is where incrementalism gets us. This story broke in the Telegraph on Friday, and everybody, a lot of people have been talking about it over the weekend. Mazur says changing history is dangerous. Books are history, not to get ahead. You're you're not getting ahead. We're right there. And no, Kaylee, Gary, Gary, Gary has not influenced me on being late, nor has, has anyone, anyone, uh, been able to convince me that pineapple belongs on pizza. So we're all safe there. But this news broke in the Telegraph on Friday. Rolled doll books given inclusive overhaul by sensitivity readers. Now, for those of you who don't know who Rolled Doll is... You're probably familiar with the stories without necessarily knowing the author's name. Matilda is currently a musical on Broadway, and we've got or, or, or we've got a, a new movie that just came out. We've got James and the Giant Peach, BFG, which was recently adapted by Steven Spielberg as a movie. Probably the most well-known work at least on the children's side of things for Roald Dahl, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We have The Witches, which was a movie starring Anne Hathaway, I think on Netflix. All of these stories are getting a new edition published by Puffin. Puffin is kind of like a little bird. <clears throat> Here's from the article. Augustus Gloop is no longer fat. Mrs. Twit is no longer fearfully ugly. And the Oompa Loompas have gone gender neutral in new editions of Roald Dahl's beloved stories. The publisher, Puffin, has made hundreds of changes to the original text, removing many of Dahl's colorful descriptions and making his characters less grotesque. The review of Dahl's language was undertaken to ensure that the books can continue to be enjoyed by all today, Puffin said. References to physical appearance have been heavily edited. The word fat has been removed from every book. Augustus Gloop in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory may still look like a ball of dough, but now, but can now only be described as enormous. 
In the same story, the Oompa Loompas are no longer tiny, titchy, or no higher than my knee, but merely small. And where they once were small men, they are now small people. Passages not written by Dahl have also been added. In The Witches, a paragraph explaining that witches are bald beneath their wigs ends with the new line, There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. In previous editions of James and the Giant Peach, the centipede sings, Aunt Sponge was terribly fat and tremendously flabby at that, and Aunt Spiker was thin as a wire and dry as a bone, only drier. Both verses have been removed, and in their place are the underwhelming rhymes, Aunt Sponge was a nasty old brute and deserved to be squashed by the fruit, and Aunt Spiker was much of the same and deserves half of the blame. References to female characters have disappeared. Miss Trunchbull in Matilda, once a most formidable female, is now a most formidable woman. Boys and girls has been turned into children. The cloud men in James and the Giant Peach have become cloud people, and fantastic Mr. Fox's three sons have become daughters. That sounds like a trick. Matilda reads Jane Austen rather than Rudyard Kipling, and a witch posing as a cashier in a supermarket now works as a top scientist. Mrs. Twit's fearful ugliness is reduced to ugliness, while Mrs. Hoppy in Isio Trot is not an attractive middle-aged lady, but a kind middle-aged lady. One of Dahl's most popular lines from the Twits is, quote, You can have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth, but if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams. It has been edited to take out the double chin. Are we worried that we're going to offend our Chinese audience? An emphasis on mental health has led to the removal of crazy and mad which Dahl used frequently in comic fashion, a mention in Izzo Trot of tortoises being backward. The joke behind the book's title has been excised. The words black and white have been removed. Characters no longer turn white with fear, and the big friendly giant in the BFG cannot wear a black cloak. The changes were made by the publisher Puffin, and the Roald Dahl Story Company, now owned by Netflix... with sensitivity readers hired to scrutinize the text. Now, for a second there, I want to, I want to side, sidebar on this. Who are these sensitivity readers? Who are these people who are... A sensitivity reader, just in the broad sense, a sensitivity reader is somebody who will go through and read the text, whether it's a script, a screenplay, a novel, a short story, or something, and say, this, this here... This passage right here, this might offend someone. Maybe, maybe you ought to rewrite this passage here. A sensitivity reader is basically a pre-censor. Someone who will help you avoid offending an audience. Now, in network television back in the day, this was the standards and practices department otherwise known as the network censors. You can't do that on television. 
you can't say that. You can't have a married couple in the same bed together. That's why Lucy and Desi slept in separate beds. That's why Rob and Laura Petrie slept in separate beds. Because the Standards and Practices Department says you can't have a married couple in the same bed together. That would be crazy talk. You can't do that. And now where are we? We have F-bombs in Star Trek. We have nudity on our network television. We're rewriting our culture into a degeneracy from which we may not recover. Who are these sensitivity readers, you may ask? The people who actually went through Roald Dahl's works and said, this could be problematic. Well, it's a group called Inclusive Minds. The spokesperson describes it as, quote, a collective for people who are passionate about inclusive about inclusion and accessibility in children's literature. They are specifically targeting the kids with this crap. Organizations such as Inclusive Minds have sprung up to help publishers navigate these newly choppy waters. Well, who are these people? Inclusive Minds, founded in January of 2013, it's a collective for people who are passionate about inclusion, diversity, equality... You notice they never actually put those words in the order they probably should. Diversity, inclusion, equality. D-I-E, die. Committed to changing the face of children's books. Why? Why do we have to change children's books? Is there a particular reason here? What are you trying to do? What's your end goal? What's your agenda? What do you what is the purpose of the change? Is the purpose of the change to protect the children, to shelter the children, to perhaps indoctrinate the children, change perceptions? Of certain particular things? Are we changing words, changing meanings, changing entire themes of stories with our inclusion? Here they are, folks. Here's, here's three people that are part of this group. I wouldn't imagine any of them are more than 40 years old. And you can't see, but uh, I would imagine that... I know what color hair these two women have. I would imagine how they vote. Of course, this is in the UK, so... This is, this is, our, this is our inclusive minds people.
Back to the article. The review began in 2020 when the company was still run by the Dahl family. Netflix acquired the literary estate in 2021 for a reported 500 million pounds, UK. Sensitivities over Dahl's stories were heightened when a 2020 Hollywood version of The Witches led to a backlash over its depiction of the Grand Witch, played by Anne Hathaway, with fingers missing from each hand. Warner Brothers was forced to make an apology after Paralympians and charities said it was offensive to the limb difference community. There's a community for everything, folks. That same year, I want to... Let me, let, me, let me interject here for just a second. Here's what I want. I want a get-off-my-lawn community. Can we start one of those? Can we start a get-off-my-lawn community? What would our flag look like? What would our slogan be? Death Angels said, I'll be your first member. Well, Death Angels, you are our first member on YouTube. Let's continue the trend, shall we? By the way, memberships on YouTube and Odyssey are both open if any of you want to be a member. Get off my lawn, community. How do we enforce the get off my lawn part? You don't want to know. That same year, the Dahl family and the company apologized for the author's past anti-Semitic statements. Matthew Dennison, Dahl's biographer, said that the author, who died in 1990, chose his vocabulary with care. Quote, I'm almost certain that he would have recognized that alterations to his novels prompted by the political climate were driven by adults rather than children. Now, I guess this is what passes for balance in journalism anymore. You have um, here a number of a number of, of of paragraphs, well, sentences really, because it's the internet. We can't read any long form crap because our attention span is no more than a gnat's. But all of these, all of these sentences, all of these paragraphs, 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 paragraphs about all the changes and everything that's happened, what's going on. And then you have right here at the end, one paragraph. One paragraph of somebody sitting there saying, maybe this isn't a very good idea. Is that balance in journalism? I mean... It's probably too much to expect balance in journalism. I mean, come on, they're journalists. Matuween with five dollars. If you if your hair color matches my lawn, get off it. <laughs> I like that. Death Angel Shadow, we shake our canes at the clouds. <coughs> Sci-Fi Snob, my local used bookstore owner told me that the newest version of the book, Dune, was changed. Original copies of Paperback Dune are not worth over $30. Uh, what, did they, what did they change in Dune? This is something I haven't heard. I have not heard this. Uh, let me know what they changed, because I don't know about that one. I need, I need to, I'll, I'll need to look into that.
while I'm at it here, let me say hi to everybody. Death Angel, Shadow, Sci-Fi, Snob, Mazerus, Yule Carter, Dave, Keeley, Matuine. Who else is in here? And I know there's a few people that are going to stumble in here later. I see Cam. People will stumble in here later after after uh, Midnight's Edge and Carrie are done with their streams. Y'all can catch us on the replay. That's fine. That's fine. <coughs> Death Angel Shadow, I think we need to put a, uh, a, a get-off-my-lawn category in the Discord server, perhaps, maybe. I don't know, let me think about that. Now, there has been other reaction to this. It's not just Mr. Dennison here in this one paragraph at the end of the article. The entire weekend, there have been people reacting to this. Robert Meyer Burnett's got a good uh, good video on it, reacting to it on observations. And here is, in the Telegraph, uh, I mean, same same publication... Here is, in the Telegraph, a response to this. It is commentary, so it's not news. This is Tim Stanley. The butchering of Roald Dahl is an assault on liberty by a neurotic elite. <coughs> From the opinion piece... Puffin, the publisher, has carried out a sensitivity audit of Roald Dahl's books to make them more palatable, I guess, to snobs, boars, and maiden ants. It is a crime against good taste, by which I mean bad taste, which is infinitely more fun. Out go hundreds of references to characters being fat, idiots, hags, or male-female. The Oompa Loompas are gender-neutral now, though whatever Greta misery pants they hired to do this hack job is far from consistent. In Dahl's classic description of ugliness, double chin is excised, but wonky nose and a crooked mouth stay put. Speaking on behalf of the ugly community, I find all three equally offensive. It is, it's the childish literalism that gets me. Queer, as in odd, must go. So, too, many references to an object being black, including a tractor and a cloak. A face turns pale, not white, because... Something to do with critical race theory, no doubt. As for the witches, the true heroes of that particular book, they no longer deserve to be put through the meat grinder, and their likely day job is changed from supermarket cashier to scientist. So clotting, so graceless are such edits that it conjures an image of a Victorian prude wandering through the Uffizi, drawing bras on all the nudes. The chief crime of PC censorship is that it is artless. Dahl spent weeks arguing with editors, insisting on exactly the right words because he understood his audience. Once upon a time, I worked at a prep school, and one of my happiest memories was book day. The other teachers read aloud from dusty classics. I chose Little Red Riding Hood from the revolting rhymes. <clears throat> In this version of the fairy tale, when Red finds her grandma eaten by a wolf... One eyelid flickers, she whips a pistol from her knickers and shoots the doggy dead. The, boy, the boys howled with laughter. An air of mutiny engulfed the classroom. My poor colleagues had to spend the rest of the week trying to persuade the boys not to say knickers in front of their parents. For the saucy, subversive genius of Dahl was that he wrote what kids think and adults don't want to hear. Ah, but this sensitivity stuff isn't about the children, is it? No, it's about adults 
and their politics. Now, let me let me let me jump aside here for a second because this is the same kind of argument that's being made, uh, being had across the United States with regard to what books are appropriate in the elementary school libraries. And this gets to the sexualization of our children. Because this is all of a piece, folks. This is all in that same category of crap that people are trying to dump on us. Because these books are teaching kids how to perform certain sexual acts on each other. And if the parent, if the parent dares to come to a school board meeting to read that book out loud in front of people, they are, (gasps) you can't, you can't read that here. Why not? You're letting our kids see it. This is the same kind of thing. And he, he nails it right here. It's about adults and their politics. It's about, it's about offending people. We have to make sure that everybody's in their safe space. Puffin says it has reviewed the language to ensure all can enjoy it today. Did all not enjoy it then? I mean, it, it's a matter of taste, right? It's subjective. You like the book or you don't like the book based on your own tastes. There are plenty of books out there that I don't enjoy, Moby Dick being among them. I don't insist that somebody go back in and rewrite Melville to make it easier and more palatable for me to read. Although that's coming. Puffin says it has reviewed the language to ensure all can enjoy it today. But if they were Snow White in their motives, they wouldn't publish Dahl at all. Think about it. The Twits is about a nasty couple who torture monkeys. George uses his marvelous medicine to poison his grand. The fantastic Mr. Fox is a thief hunted by a sadist. And if Puffin feels it's wrong to laugh at witches, they've even removed the pimples from their bald heads. Why not just pulp the book because that would lose them money this is what really irritates me about culture war nonsense the hypocrisy our culture is obsessed with policing language to ensure we're saying the right things but this superficial concern for politeness ignores the obscenities of everyday life its cruelty greed and moral ugliness popular entertainment remains stuffed with sex and violence in fact producers will shamelessly play a woke card to get away with it i've been watching hbo satire white lotus it's jolly clever should i be reading this in a british accent i'm not going to do that which sells itself as an indictment of class, misogyny, and all our favorite isms, but, but, but depicting these grave injustices on screen turns out to be a good excuse to show lots of bottoms and boobs, reveling in the very decadence the show claims to detest. Likewise, the post-apocalyptic drama The Last of Us might be an adaptation of a gory video game, but has guaranteed a warm reception among elite critics by featuring a gay couple. 
If the Roman arena had only been more diverse in who it fed to the lions, it might have won an image award. There's scant evidence that woke words translate into action, that we are any kinder to each other for having posted a hashtag about it and forced our friends to follow suit under threat of being shunned. Last week, a U.S. health agency published data that shows mental health among American teens is getting worse, that nearly three in five girls now feel persistently sad or hopeless, and over half of LGBTQ adolescents have struggled too. This is despite us talking about gender and sexual identity constantly and carefully. Some celebrity fool will no doubt pin the blame for all this misery on the Church of England. The more likely culprit is the smartphone. Spot on right there. Children are spending less time talking to each other in person or reading a good book. More time being bullied online, lost at sea in a culture that might not laugh at ugliness as Dahl once did, but instead worships absurd good looks and unhealthily thin bodies. Dahl could be a nasty old bugger, this is well known, but if Puffin is trying to create further distance between author and creation, it only adds to an aura of self-deception within a culture that is in deep trouble. With some notable exceptions, the West has largely stopped making new stuff. It recycles, reboots, and re-edits. But lacking the self-confidence to create... Our sterile society instead frets about the method of creation, projecting our present neuroses back onto more fertile past periods, such that we find ourselves sticking dead authors on trial. The censors imagine themselves to be more progressive than Dahl in his era, but if they only knew a little history, they'd realize we've been down this road before. And we have. It's not just Dahl. They've tried doing it to Tolkien. They did it to Mark Twain, as been pointed out in the chat. They would love to censor Orson Scott Card. Who's next? C.S. Lewis? Shall we rewrite the screw tape letters? Shall we rewrite The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Mazur says, this is nothing more than yet another younger generation needing to make its mark on something already excellent, and they do it and get away with it now and with bad ideas while simultaneously patting themselves on the back. Yes. Death Angels, it, it, even Grimm's isn't safe. I wouldn't expect so. Grimm's fairy tales would probably be top of the, right, right close to the top of the list of things to change because they're scary. Sci-Fi Stop says, all books should be rewritten using the rules of Newspeak. Funny you should mention Newspeak. We're going to get to that. Because that's what's happening here, folks. This is Orwellian in its changes. This is exactly what George Orwell talked about in 1984. Let me give you a few examples here, <laughs> because people have found some examples of the different changes that are being made in Roald Dahl's books. This is from George's Marvelous Machine, comparing 2001 to 2022. His father was a farmer. 
His parents were farmers, is the new text. She had pale brown teeth and a small puckered up mouth like a dog's bottom, is the original text. New text. She had rotting teeth and a small puckered up mouth like a dog's bottom from years of frowning. Now some of this stuff just seems unnecessary. Daddy says it's fine for a man to be tall gets changed to Daddy says it's fine for people to be tall. Here's from the twits. Ladies and gentlemen gets changed to folks. Fearful ugliness gets changed to ugliness. Have you ever seen a woman with an uglier face than that? I doubt it. Gets changed to, have you ever seen anyone with an uglier face than that? I doubt it. Do you see what's happening here? We're erasing gender. What a surprise, he said with a shocked face. And, and yes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was probably on that list of targets as well. There's what about in the chat says people think this stuff is going away anytime soon. Comical. Yeah. Here's some more here. <clears throat> this is... Uh these are just various different ones. She went on olden day sailing ships with Joseph Conrad. She went to Africa with Ernest Hemingway and to India with Rudyard Kipling. This is probably from Matilda. So now it's changed. She went to an amusement park and rode the Ferris wheel with Nicholas Sparks. She went to Gilead with Margaret Atwood and to Kate Middleton's wedding with Prince Harry's frostbitten penis. What? What? Like all extremely old people, he was delicate and weak in the 2001 edition, the 2022 edition. Like most extremely old people, he was delicate and weak, unlike Joe Biden. What the hell, Puffin? See, and, and the thing is, the Roll Doll estate has to be in on it. Has to be in on it. Don't they? Now, people have pointed out, well, Roald Dahl made changes. Yes. Roald Dahl made changes to Roald Dahl. He could do that. George Lucas did it. George Lucas did it to Star Wars. He did it to the original trilogy. He made changes. He made changes to the original Star Wars in 1977 and 1978 when it was still in theaters. He's constantly changing those films. But they're his films to change. And that was the argument. People are saying, well, why is he changing it? Because he owns it. He created it. It's his work. He can change it if he wants to. Authors do this kind of thing all the time where they go through, you know, I, I could rewrite this passage or this passage didn't really quite make sense. Let me clarify it a little bit. Let me clean it up a little bit. I found a couple of typos. Let me fix those. Authors do that kind of thing all the time. To their own work.
And now you have AI. You have estates. You have streaming services and corporations buying up all of this stuff. And what do we get for it? The rings of power. New He-Man cartoons that emasculate He-Man. Even if he's in the show. (coughs) Here's some more samples. From the Witches. 2001. Don't be foolish, my grandmother said. You can't go around pulling the hair of every lady you meet, even if she is wearing gloves. Just try it and see what happens. 2022 edition. Don't be foolish, my grandmother said. Besides, there are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. It's subtle. It's subtle. But why would women wear wigs? Maybe they're not women. You see how this works? You see how insidious this is? And it's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's just a little bit. Just a little change here. Just a little nip here. A little tuck there. A little change here. And let us think. Soon you look like Madonna. What does Madonna look like now? That's what's happening to our culture. This is Orwell. George Orwell warned us about this. Here's the reaction and spiked Tom Slater. The rewriting of Roald Dahl should disturb us all. Philistines and vandals have taken over art and culture. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's easy to become inured to the madness of the culture war. Stories of Peter Pan being slapped with trigger warnings or God going gender neutral are a ten a penny these days. They can sometimes wash over you, not because they are unimportant, far from it, but because they are so ubiquitous. Every institution from the Welcome Collection to Splash Mountain has fallen to some flavor of woke regressivism. Language is warped to flatter a few narcissists. Old artworks and new are censored at the behest of hysterics. Such cases don't surprise us anymore, no matter how deranged and illiberal. Remember when I said my 2023 bingo card was fill in the blank? This is the kind of crap I'm talking about. But once in a while, the authoritarians... The the authoritarians... who make up our cultural elites, outdo themselves and remind us how much is at stake in this thing we call the culture war. The rewriting of the late Roald Dahl's books is one such story. When the Telegraph revealed yesterday that Puffin, Dahl's publisher, had made hundreds of changes to his beloved children's books in line with suggestions from so-called sensitivity readers, blue-haired Karens is who they are, the response was one of horror and disbelief. An author beloved for generations of children for his magical, spiky, and sometimes sinister work 
has had his literary edges sanded off. All new copies will feature the newly cleansed text. Dull's words and stories will be changed forever, no longer truly his own, all because some weirdo with a red pen thinks they know better. The Philistinism, the cultural vandalism, is stunning. Not so much, really. I mean, it is. It's stunning in its audacity. But it's not stunning that it's actually come to this. This has been coming for a long time. And we let it happen because we didn't stand up and draw a line in the sand and say, this far, no farther. This is kind of, this kind of crap is happening because we let it happen. Because we didn't want to fight. Because we didn't want to cause problems. Conservatives, Christians, constitutionalists, whatever your whatever your 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 community, whatever title you want to have, we have sat on the sidelines and have yielded the battlefield too many times. And this is the result. They do this because they know they can. Here's a reaction from Pan America. At Pan America, we are alarmed at news of hundreds of changes to venerated works by Roald Dahl in a purported effort to scrub the books of that which might offend someone. Amidst fierce battles against book bans and strictures on what can be taught and read, selective editing to make works of literature conform to particular sensibilities could represent a dangerous new weapon. Those who might cheer specific edits to Dahl's work should consider how the power to rewrite books might be used in the hands of those who do not share their values and sensitivities, or, or sensibilities, rather. We understand the impulse to want to ensure that great works of children's literature do not alienate kids or foster stereotypes. In some cases, including Dr. Seuss' books, beloved works have been withdrawn entirely out of concern for causing offense a regrettable outcome that is rarely, if ever, justified. You remember when all of that blew up about Dr. Seuss? And the Dr. Seuss people said, you know what, we're just going to pull these four books or however much, and what did the right do? The right blew a gasket. You know, censorship, 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 right? Is, is, is this... Is this, does this make it acceptable because it's coming from the other side? We're going to censor Dr. Seuss. We're going to censor Roald Dahl. That's really not coming from this, from a different side. It's coming from the same side. It could be offensive. We have to get rid of it. We need our safe space. Mazur says, there will come a day when your opinion will be outlawed to express. We're already well on our way to taking it away from ourselves. That's where editing literature all leads. It's coming. At Death Angels, you've got an, ex an excellent point. With digital books, they can change whatever they want and force the update on people. You remember Stranger Things. This most recent season of Stranger Things, what did they do? They went back and they changed things. 
So when you went in and started watching the show, you're watching an updated version of an episode. You're watching an updated version of Stranger Things. Three months out, you're seeing something that's completely different. And they changed it just like that. Instant. Do a little digital manipulation. Change a line of dialogue here. Change a shot here. Change the CGI here. Done. And nobody knows unless they say something about it. Sci-Fi Snob says the right and the left have changed positions the last 50 years with regard to freedom and censorship. I don't know that that's the case, actually. Now, you have the religious right, the moral majority, and all of those people that made these campaigns up against D&D. But for the most part, the sides have never changed. They, there have been people who have changed their, their disguises... They've changed their coloring to blend in with a new crowd. But the sensibilities and the morality have never changed. The Democrats, the progressives, the liberals, they want you to think that they're on the side of the working man. They want you to think they're on the side of the minority. They want you to think they're on the side of the oppressed. They never have been. Continuing here with this reaction, the problem with taking license to re-edit classic works is that there is no limiting principle. You start out wanting to replace a word here and a word there and end up inserting entirely new ideas, as has been done to Dahl's work. Literature is meant to be surprising and provocative. That's part of its potency. By settling, setting out to remove any reference that might cause offense, you dilute the power of storytelling. Excellent point. Better than playing around with these texts is to offer introductory context that prepares people for what they are about to read and helps them understand the setting in which it was written. You know, no. You don't even need to put a warning label on it. Just give it to them as it is. Here's a motion picture potion mixer. I'm not sure who this person is. Just to be clear, this move from the Roald Dahl estate to effectively erase uh, his was rougher edges isn't millennial woke censorship. It's cynical boomer big business. Same as with Seuss, you've got an increasingly dated author and an estate hell-bent on cashing in the IP forever. I, I'm sure that's part of this. This is a crass manipulation to try to get money. But remember, folks... The people who complain about this stuff, the cult, the cancel cult, they're not buying any of this stuff anyway. They don't care. They're not buying the action figures. They're not buying the DVDs. They don't go to the movie. They don't buy the tickets. They're not buying the books. They don't care. All they care about is being able to make the change. Let me read to you. Let me read to you from 1984, George Orwell. This is O'Brien confronting Winston uh, after he's been captured. This is on page 272 of my edition. I have a 
I have a Harcourt Brates edition, Berkeley. This is this is this book. Now I will tell you the answer to my question. It is this. The party seeks power entirely for its own sake. We are not interested in the good of others. We are interested solely in power, not wealth or luxury or long life or happiness, only power, pure power. What pure power means you will understand presently. We are different from all the oligarchies of the past in that we know what we are doing. All the others, even those who resembled ourselves, were cowards and hypocrites. The German Nazis and the Russian communists came very close to us in their methods. But they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended, perhaps they even believed, that they had seized power unwillingly and for a limited time, and that just round the corner there lay a paradise where human beings would be free and equal. We are not like that. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. Power is not a means. It is an end. One does not establish a dict dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. One makes the revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. The object of persecution is persecution. The object of torture is torture. The object of power is power. Now do you begin to understand me? The purpose of persecution is persecution. And that's what this is. These changes, these alterations that are brought on by these blue-haired Karens are all about power, all about control. It's not about quality. It's not about making sure that people don't get offended. That's the excuse That's the excuse. But it's about power. These people, these people are not looking out for your welfare. Here's Christopher Paolini. Mrs. Boss has a book on the uh, on the review queue by Mr. Paolini. It says this is wrong. Ban a book if you must, or put a content warning at the front, but don't rewrite it. Don't put words in an author's mouth, especially one who has no say in the matter. Dr. Gang Green, I'm not sure. This is some... <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> he's he's quote-tweeting here, Philip uh, Fracassi. This is wrong. Altering an author's work without their permission or guidance, regardless of the intentions, is a slippery slope that will end badly. Censorship is never the answer. And Dr. Gang Green here on Twitter. This is some pansy-ass fake moral outrage. The modern-day pearl clutching is out of control. Kids aren't that fragile. No one is, and they know it. Here's Salman Rushdie. <clears throat> Roald Dahl was no angel, but this is absurd censorship. Puffin Books and the Dahl Estate should be ashamed. But there are defenders. Filthy Armenian here. To call the creative editing of Roald Dahl's book censorship is an exaggeration. 
Sure, some entire pages of the deceased author's works have been rewritten. Sure, some vivid imagery, comical and evocative to children of less empathetic era, has been replaced. This is called marketing. Did the public ever ask for smoothed-over, more inclusive depictions of the human condition more suitable to our era of conscience? Never mind. It is what the public needs. And only the most histrionic individualists, those dinosaurs wedded to such banal concepts of authorship and originalism, which have for so long encased even such a fluid document as the U.S. Constitution in stone, refuse to acknowledge the plain fact that all books are living and breathing works owned not by their original and long-dead authors, but by the public which lives and breathes. Now, I'm sure he's trolling, but he makes an excellent point. With irony, of course. Without irony, here's Scotty Mendelson. <clears throat> we all like Scotty Mendelson, don't we? No longer at Forbes, he's writing at the rap now. The retroactive editing of Roald Dahl's books is exactly the kind of thing that nobody on the left actually wanted, even while it's weaponized by the right as examples of how we are overly sensitive snowflakes while they run around banning books and calling teachers pedophiles. All right, there's so much to unpack with Scotty Mendelson's tweet here. Let's, let's take it. This is not a left or right thing. It could be. I mean, I'm sure that's that's going to factor into this. <clears throat> what he says here that nobody on the left actually wanted it, I, he, he probably is right. There's probably a great majority of people who are on the left who are liberals, Democrats, progressives, socialists, Marxists, who probably never even thought about this kind of thing. <clears throat> it's not that important. And weaponized by the right, I see plenty of people on the left complaining about this. This is out-and-out out censorship. <clears throat> Robert Byron Burnett is not on the right. I don't think Salman Rushdie is on the right. There's all sorts of people complaining about how this is wrong. On a fundamental level, it's wrong. It's not about right and left. Now, the right and the left may have different reactions to this. People on the very, very, very far fringe, crazy, lunatic left, they'll celebrate this. Huzzah! This will be, be a victory for them. And, you know, people are probably right in that this is being done maybe for marketing reasons. Let's see if we can sell a few more books. It's very mercenary in its, in its thought. <clears throat> but nobody's going to buy these books. Nobody's going to celebrate. Nobody's going go to go to these bookstores and buy these. You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? People are going to go to the used bookstores, and they're going to buy the older copies. They're going to buy the real Roald Dahl books. And people are going to find the good stuff. Which has me circling back to my retirement plan. I keep telling Mrs. Boss we need to open up a used bookstore with a coffee shop in it. 
Death Angel Shadow, can we fix an inconvenient truth? Let me have it. Yeah. Uh, Sci-Fi Stop says, there is no right and left. Those categories are just used to divide the people so they don't realize what the elites are doing. Yeah, I agree. As a matter of fact, speaking of which, it's part of this whole let's divide everybody. Here's, here's the Guardian. Have you seen this headline? Hate body odor? You're more likely to have right-wing views. I, excuse me? When is it right? When did it become right wing to want you to not smell bad? I excuse me. Why does everything have to be political? Because there is a certain select group of people that want to politicize and weaponize everything and turn everything into a battleground. So that when they get something that they want, they can declare victory and they can dance on the graves of the people who come before them. This is wrong. It's not very often that I sit there and say that we should boycott. But don't buy these books. <clears throat> don't buy these books. <clears throat> these are the same kind of people that wanted a statues pulled down. These are the kind of people who want to rewrite history. The 1619 Project comes to mind. Go through the history of our country and this happened and this happened, but it didn't really happen that way. It happened this way. It happened the other way. People sit there and tell you that a certain political party has always been on the side of the black folk when they haven't. People who want to change our perception of ourselves, our cha change our perception of reality. What's a man? What's a woman? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Pronouns are part of this kind of thing. Changing the language. And again... It's subtle. It's like, let's change one word in the Canadian National Anthem. One word. But it changes the meaning. You change a word, you change the meaning. And it's subtle. And that slope starts getting slippier, slipperier and slipperier and slipperier. And you push just a little bit further. And you get pushed a little further. And you get pushed a little further until you find yourself so far afield from where you started. And you look around and you go, how the hell did we get here? <clears throat> Don't buy the censored books. <clears throat> but it's part of a bigger thing. It's part of a bigger thing. Let me read to you from Fahrenheit 451. Do you remember, all of this is of a piece. Fahrenheit 451. 
This is, where did it go? Here we go. <clears throat> Montauk. Here's, here's, here's some different things. Beatty took a full minute to settle himself in and think back for what he wanted to say. Where did it all start, you ask, this job of ours? How did it come about? Where? When? Well, I'd say it really got started around about a thing called the Civil War. And he's talking about being a fireman. Now, the firemen in Fahrenheit 451 are not firefighters. They're fire starters. They burn books. That's what he's talking about. How did that get started? <clears throat> Even though our rule book claims it was founded earlier, the fact is we didn't get along well until photography came into its own. Then, motion pictures in the early 20th century, radio, television, things began to have mass. And because they had mass, they became simpler. Once books appealed to a few people here, there, and everywhere, they could afford to be different. The world was roomy. But then the world got full of eyes and elbows and mouths, double, triple, quadruple population, films and radios, magazines, books leveled down to a sort of paste-pudding norm. Do you follow me? Picture it. I'm, I'm just hitting the quotes. Picture it. 19th century man with his horses, dogs, charts, slow motion. Then in the 20th century, speed up your camera. Books cut shorter. Condensations. Digest. Tabloids. Everything boils down to the gag, the snap ending. Classics cut to fit 15-minute radio shows, then cut again to fill a two-minute book column, winding up at last as a 10- or 12-line dictionary resume. I exaggerate, of course. The dictionaries were for reference. <clears throat> but many were those whose sole knowledge of Hamlet... You know the title, certainly, Montag. It's probably only a faint rumor of a title to you, Mrs. Montauk, whose sole knowledge, as I say, of Hamlet was a one-page digest in a book that claimed, now at last you can read all the classics, keep up with your neighbors. Do you see? Out of the nursery, into the college, and back to the nursery. There's your intellectual pattern for the past five centuries or more. Kind of sounds like the Internet does now, Right? We want the clips. We want the sound bites. We want the little, easily digestible pieces that present a particular narrative. We don't want the hard questions. Politics, one column, two sentences, a headline. Then, in midair, all vanishes. Whirl, minds, whirl man's mind around about so fast under the pumping hands of publishers, exploiters, broadcasters that the centrifuge flings off all unnecessary time-wasting thought. We don't want you to think. We're going to tell you what to think. We don't want you to feel unless we tell you what to feel. I will leave you with this from 1984. This is from George Orwell's 1984. Not the one that they're rewriting from the woman's point of view, but the original George Orwell 1984. <clears throat> Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue 
and street and building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Ladies and gentlemen, the party is not always right. And you need to stand up and say, this far, no farther. It has to stop. We have to stand up and say, enough is enough is enough. We have to draw the line. We have to say, I have had enough of this. <clears throat> when the quiet people no longer are quiet, we can affect change. And I'm just as guilty of it. I would much rather just be left alone. Get off my lawn. Go away. But at the same time, we have a responsibility, not just as, not just as responsible people, but there are those of us who profess a faith in Christianity. We have a responsibility on that front as well. Because these people who want to change Roll Dull, these people who want to change Dr. Seuss, these people who want to change J.R.R. Tolkien, these people are coming after our children. And that cannot stand. Who's next? Who's the next target? Will they wait for J.K. Rowling to die before they rewrite her stuff? Are they going to rewrite C.S. Lewis? Will they rewrite... Who? Who's next? They've already started in the comic books. They're remastering video games. Who's next? <coughs> what about, right, they won't leave you alone. Which is why you have to push back. All right, I will leave it there. You can connect with us on various different social media platforms, even though... Social media is in itself an evil. Video platforms, the subscribe star, the Discord server, where you can yell at clouds all you want over there. We won't stop you. This program here, Live from the Bunker, is on weekdays, Monday through open line Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central. Coming up tomorrow night, uh, a new H2O podcast, 8 p.m. Eastern. On Wednesday, we will have a replay of Vault of the Killer Bees. We'll upload a couple of uh, new ones there. And then Thursday night, we have a new Ranker Pit discussion where we're talking about the Bad Batch, Star Wars, various different things there. So uh, I do hope you join us for that as well. And... Everybody take a deep breath. Keep your wits about you. But we got to push back on this stuff, folks. We have to talk about it. We have to say enough is enough. We have to remember 
there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 